Hey there, thank you for joining the live podcast, a podcast provided by the Love Your Soul Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit aimed to help spread the message of self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building a better relationship with yourself, but a better relationship with others and with our beautiful planet. So if you're on a mission of self-healing, of self-improvement, of self-discovery, this podcast is for you. Be sure to like us on all social media platforms at the LY Foundation, at our website, thelyfoundation.org. And we're so thankful that you found us and we just hope to help you no matter where you are in your journey and to remind you that you are the most important person in your life. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is JR, technology coordinator and board member for the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is Ayla, growth and development <laughs> coordinator of the Love Yourself Foundation. JR, I just felt we had to get the energy up. End of week nine. Get See, I see you're pumped now. You know, you're ready. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't think I can hear very well right now, but that's fine. We're gonna we'll bring it back together. <laughs> Apologies to all the listeners. Too. Yeah, I promise that'll be the last time this episode at least. Yeah, exactly. Then we uh, uh, next episode. Yeah. No, week nine. We're covering a sense of compassion. I'm uh, before we get into it. Wow, like we're about to go into week ten of twelve. Three weeks left of this, and I'm. I just want to say I'm proud of us for sticking with it and just excited to have that completion and prove to ourselves that we can stick with something. Yes, I agree. It's nice to have that consistency, not only within the show, but between the both of us and something to look forward to at the end of each week. I am getting a little sad though, because we only have a couple more weeks left of this and maybe a recap after that. And we're going to try to do our best to continue the learnings that we have from the artist way. But there, there's something nice about having to be ready for this every single week and do the tasks and learn together. So I don't know what the, what I'm going to feel like once this is all over. On to the next program. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. The artist way too, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, it is exciting. And with that, this week nine, recovering a sense of compassion is all about facing the internal blocks to creativity Julia says it may be tempting to abandon ship at this point. Don't. We will explore and acknowledge the emotional difficulties that beset us in the past as we made creative efforts. We will undertake healing the shame of past failures. We will gain in compassion as we reparent the frightened artist child who yearns for creative accomplishment. We will learn tools to dismantle emotional blocks and support renewed risk. A lot of words there, of course. <laughs> Always. <laughs> if this is your first episode with us, thank you for joining us on week nine. You can still listen to the episode, but we definitely recommend all the other weeks as well. Please just um, go back to week one. <laughs> trust, trust us. It's worth it. It's worth it. Definitely. But of course, before we get into the episode, we always do our check-in. First question, JR, how many days this week did you do your morning pages? Regarding your U-turns, have you allowed yourself a shift towards compassion, at least on the page? So, I did four out of seven days this week. Okay. Okay. I'll just say it better than me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little interested to get into that, but 
Yes, four out of seven days this week. It's funny that in the very beginning of the chapter, she mentions about don't abandon ship. And I was going to ask you if you felt that way throughout this entire program or during this chapter, but that's how I felt a couple times throughout this program. And definitely this week was a the little bit harder. Yeah, it was the a little bit harder to get to it. Definitely didn't abandon ship. We're still here, but you just have those weeks that are going to be a little bit different. But as far as U-turns for myself, yes, I have noticed that on the pages, I've been giving myself a lot more compassion as of late, whereas mm -hmm. in the very beginning of the first couple of weeks, it was more of, no, you have to do this, or the reason why we're doing the artist's way so that you can get yourself back into the space that you want to be in. Now it's more so of just giving myself more grace of you're going through the motions, you're trying to understand yourself a little bit more, especially as in the artist space as well. Yeah. I have noticed that I have been giving myself a little bit more compassion. That's really good. And I'm happy to hear that. I thought this week was the most difficult for our, the morning pages. And it's interesting. She talks about that twice in this week's section about how you'll feel that. So I don't know if that's just common week nine. You're like, we're almost here at the end. <laughs> you know, maybe I don't have to do the morning pages every day. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also just have not been feeling motivated to do them. This week was tough for me. Just in general, I just felt very, almost like two sides of a coin, maybe. Like, I feel like I've moved in so much closer to being in a space where I can pursue my dreams and that I've gotten over the fence, if you will. But I've gotten so far that to realize what I want to do that I feel so much farther from the goal because I'm like, I realize all the steps now. And that kind of set me back this week, I think, to be like, wow, I'm not where I want to be and like realizing that. And yeah, <laughs> so we're all wondering how many pages. <laughs> Get to the point. <laughs> I did a two out of seven, which okay. is the worst I've done this far. I always will do one at least. Sure. Yeah. I'm hoping that next week is more motivating. I'm definitely in a better space now, but I think I just had a rut where I was like, I trying to hide from the fact that I, there's so much work to do almost, which I know she's talked about in the past as well. I do think that when I've written, similar to maybe your week four or five, where you didn't want to acknowledge things yet, when I finally did get to writing, it was nice and it felt more like I was intentional and less like things I needed to say rather than things I'm just thinking about, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I, I do think I'm more compassionate. And I think that what set me back though this week was just that realization of, oh, there's a lot of work to <laughs> So much work. But hey, I'm happy that you ended up doing two and, instead of none. And that's what's really important and something that we've talked about multiple times too on the show of something is not is better than nothing. And it is what it is. It's nice to show that Ayla is human. So it's, that's good to know. You know, that's good to know. You've been there. I'm being there. <laughs> Got to finish off strong, though. So that's I'm like, true. I have to hey, pick it up. Maybe week 12, seven out of seven. Out of seven. Who knows? I think so, because we're going to be like, it's the last week. How are you not going <laughs> to? Just do the last one. Hey, I did half of a page. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Half of one page? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I'm sorry. Let's just finish it out already. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of doing things throughout the week, number two, did you do your artist date this week? Have you kept the emphasis on fun? What did you do and how did it feel? 
I did. I did a little self-care kind of date. And so I went to Ulta and just let myself roam. Ulta obviously is a beauty store. <laughs> and I'm sure you know that. But just in case you don't know, hey. I just let myself roam and pick out things that was calling. I didn't go with any intention. But to see what calls me and give myself a little self-care. Nice. So I did that. And then I also, which was really nice. And I also have been going on Pinterest every day to just continue to collect images that inspire me. And that's been really good because it's almost like continuously feeding the artist and filling the well. And that kind of helps me maintain the motivation continuing throughout. That's good. Yeah. It's been nice. What about you? So usually Sundays are the cleaning day for me here at the apartment. So I wanted to dedicate today, actually after we record the show, is an opportunity to declutter my apartment. And I'm going to use that as my artist date this time. So my friend actually provided me a couple of YouTube videos of a YouTube creator who does a lot of in the decluttering space. And it really helped her out because she was explaining to me that she ended up acquiring this anxiety with too much clutter not too long yeah. ago. She had her kid and she started to feel anxiety with all the things that were around the house. And she stumbled upon her YouTube channel and had changed her life. Who's the YouTuber? I forget her name. We might be able to provide it in the show notes, but she does a lot with decluttering, like Marie Kondo, but a more modern version of it, I guess you could say. But yeah, it, it, I'm really interested. She sent me a couple of YouTube videos to start with, and cool. I'm excited to finally get through the stuff that I have here because it's not like it's a mess in here, but it, there's things that are tucked away that really should not be not in here it. anymore. So it's going to be nice to get through that and free up my mind a little bit. I think decluttering is always really nice. At least once an episode, at least. Yeah. I'll scratch that, please. I think one of the best acts of self-care is to declutter and free that space because then you just feel more comfortable in the space you're in. You feel productive. It's very exciting. I like doing it. I think the thought of cleaning, you're, sometimes you're like, eh. But when you like give it a task like that, it makes it a lot more enjoyable. So I wish you luck there. Thank Let you. us know. Let us yeah. know how it goes. Absolutely. Of course. Did you experience any synchronicity this week? And if so, what was it? Dude, as soon as I started reading the fear chapter of this week, and I had messaged Ayla after I had read it, that was a synchronicity for me this week. There were some things that she was saying, some lines that were in there that I've said before that really just resonated with me and called me out a little bit and realizing that I need to call the things that are that I'm afraid of by the name and really just acknowledge the fact of what it is that I'm feeling and what I'm going through. So that chapter alone really did it for me this week. And it's nice to actually have a synchronicity without having to realize it in the middle of the show. <laughs> I feel that I actually have the same one, particularly a line there. And of course, we'll get into this. But she talks about the idea of laziness and how we'll call ourselves lazy when really we're just afraid and that for me was a big that is a like a repetition for me as i go throughout the creative journey is being like oh i'm just lazy that's why i'm not doing the things so it's really nice to hear her perspective and i'm excited to share that with you all yeah same and the last question were there any issues this week that you considered significant for your recovery and describe them we know i had some issues <laughs> let me tell you I think that 
it's more so just the environment I'm in right now is that I'm moving and so it's hard to feel like making more things or in that space when you're trying to pack up things and you're minimizing space and getting rid of things. It's a really hard in between because I'm getting rid of things and getting new things, but it just feels like a lot's going on. <laughs> and so I'm hopeful in the coming weeks that I'll get comfortable with that. And I've learned a little bit about how to manage, like putting myself in a space to do these things with that going on but well only time will tell we'll see next week how i'm doing what about you <laughs> i'm excited for you and your move more importantly though i think i'm excited the fact that you're going to be in a new space so it'd be nice to see how you are able to transition from where you are right now into the new place and maybe that will bring some new energy for you and, and for sure make things Change a lot better good. yeah for me it's setting better intentions throughout the week i think Having more of a game plan of what it is that I want to accomplish and what is it that I need to take care of is definitely a beneficial thing for myself. I don't necessarily need to follow a regiment or anything like that, but just a nice, just to have some bullet points throughout the day of the things I need to take care of, I think is really going to help me try and focus a little bit more, especially when it comes to the artist way and making sure that I'm really getting through what needs to be done. Just setting better intentions throughout the week. I think I want to establish routines in that way too in the new apartment. Something that I really liked was the concept, I think I saw it on TikTok, the concept of an opening and closing checklist, like as if you're opening like a store or a restaurant, but like with your home. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because I've worked in that space, but the idea of closing time and like cleaning up and doing like a routine of things that you need to get done before the night ends is makes it more fun to me, I think, than just mm -hmm. being like, oh, it's chores. But yeah. I share the sentiment. I think it's something that we've talked about as something good to do, but it's hard to establish those routines, especially if you're doing a bunch at once. Sure. Yeah. And I, it's funny you bring that up because I just started 75 hard again. Oh. I'm doing that with a friend of mine. She's Two programs at once. I, hey, I'm getting crazy. Over here. I'm getting crazy. <laughs> uh, and I ended up purchasing the habit app and actually really putting the stuff in there that I need to take care of throughout the day and making sure that I'm hitting the tasks that I have set for myself for 75 hard as well. So it's nice to have that as something that is obtainable throughout the week and really visualize, okay, I need to get this done. I need to figure out the time to do this. So I've only, it's only been week one. So it's going to be nice to see what that routine is going to look like as time moves on. And I think that's going to help me with having better intentions. 75 hard is difficult too. Like, I know. You're doing the you're doing the forty five minutes outside, forty five minutes inside. It's a little bit modified to make things a little bit <laughs> more realistic. like seventy five medium, <laughs> seventy five soft maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I just want to set things that are a little bit more attainable. How we've been talking throughout the seasons of small steps make big. Sure. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. Outcomes. Thank you. Soon. Appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, just trying to make it realistic for me and my lifestyle and my schedule, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I wish you luck. Thank you. With that, yeah, we can get into the chapter. I know that we're excited. And she starts off this week with fear. She says, let's get into it straight <laughs> to the point. Fear and go. And I, it was interesting because usually she eases into these kind of things. This is the first chapter right out the gate. At the gate. she's And I have, if you can see here, a ton highlighted. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll let you start. Sure. Julia says, one of the most important tasks in artistic recovery is learning to call things and ourselves by the right names. Most of us have spent years using the wrong names for our behaviors, 
we have wanted to create and we have been unable to create and we have called that inability laziness. This is not merely inaccurate, it is cruel. Accuracy and compassion serve us far better. And yeah, like I said earlier, this chapter really resonated with me because I feel like a lot of the things that I deal with personally, whether it's creativity or just life in general, has to come out of fear. And I tend to not mention it by that name. I try to use different names for it or try to go around what the issue really is. But it was nice to actually see this written out as what you're feeling is fear. You need to call it that. Especially what you were saying earlier, the whole laziness thing. I always think that I'm lazy when I'm not putting forth the effort into the creative projects that I'm trying to trying to do. But when she says that, do not call the inability to start laziness, call it fear. It really is. It's the fear of the unknown, fear of what, fear to fail, the fear of success. Just not around those kind of environments too often to feel comfortable enough to be able to work through all of that. So it was really cool to see her mention it that way. What'd you feel about it? Yeah, I share the sentiment. And I think, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, laziness is what I've always denoted it. And I think it feels more solvable in a weird way. Like when you're like, oh, I can just learn not to be as lazy. It seems less scary, I guess, than thinking like, oh, I'm afraid of something and addressing that. Cause that seems like, obviously that fear seems a little bit stronger, I think, at least for me. And she mentions blocked artists are not lazy, they're blocked. And it's comforting almost because that's what we're going through this program to do is unblock that. And I appreciate her compassion here to go over it. And so she talks about how fear is the true name for what ails the blocked artist. It may be fear of failure or failure or fear of success. Most frequently it is fear of abandonment. This fear has roots in childhood reality. And it says to go squarely against your parents' values means you'd better know what you're doing. You'd better not just be an artist. You better be a great artist if you're going to hurt your parents so much. And for me, that was really interesting because that resonated with me, like the idea that you have to be great. And I, we, I feel like I've mentioned that before too. You can't just do something. You have to be Picasso. When really that bar is way lower than that. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. It is so much far <laughs> lower than that. I guess reading through like these fears that she has listed, it's interesting because we put it as laziness when there's reading this, there's so much more to it. And for me... I don't know. It's really just comforting to read. And she says that the cure to all of this is love and use love for your artist to cure its fear. Stop yelling at yourself. Be nice. Call fear by its right name. Wow. But it gives you comfort. It really, yeah. I'm like, for me, it's like by acknowledging it head on, it gives it less power because you're aware of it. And almost like you remove the fear of what comes after that. And I think that's what the program's done really well is allow us to have those conversations with ourselves so they're not as daunting. And it's interesting, too, that it always goes back to you being a child and trying to coddle yourself a little bit and realizing you wouldn't talk to your child like this. You wouldn't talk to a younger kid this way. So why do you talk to yourself this way as an adult? You always want to try to go back and try to mend things with your inner child or inner child artist and I think that has always been something that is important throughout this entire program is realizing like that little kid within you needs to know that it's loved and it's cared for and 
that way you can really appreciate it when you're an adult. Another thing that I highlighted here that she says is the need to be a great artist makes it hard to be an artist, which is yeah. also the thing that we were just saying. You don't have to be Picasso as soon as you start to paint. And I think we put this thing within ourselves, probably social media is a big component of this, is that you don't feel like you're good enough because you have too many examples of people who are already the best at what it is that you want to yeah. do, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And actually you saying that reminded me of another synchronicity I had this week. <laughs> I was watching TikToks and there was this artist that showed up and he was talking about the idea of being a beginner and how when you look at his work now, it's really great and amazing. And he was talking about how you don't start here. And so he showed his work from a beginner, like the videos he would make and the like photography he would do. And it wasn't bad necessarily. Like you could see where he was going. And he talked about that. Like when you're an artist, you have the vision. You just don't know how to execute it yet. And it was so amazing for me to see side by side, like, he started there too and he had to grow to where he is now and i think that it would be nice to see more people do that so it normalizes the idea that you're gonna start off there right, <laughs> and yeah. you will but you will end up where you want to be and seeing that progression from another person outside of the program was so amazing to see and it was really like wow it just takes beginning yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because i too had seen a video from a local las vegas content creator showing old videos of when he first started to where he's at now and explaining that if you just start you will get to where it is you want to be but look at where i started i had bad lighting had bad microphone like bad sound and the camera was wrong and whatever but you, this is an opportunity for you to grow cherish the moments of you being a beginner because those are like the times that you get to experiment the most until you you fine-tune your craft and then you become the content creator that you want or the artist or the photographer or whatever it may be but during those times are really just fun times because you are trying so many different things learning so much and to really cherish that time yeah it's really amazing to see and i think when it comes to fear seeing stuff like that helps again lessen the power that it has over it which is interesting because she follows the fear chapter with enthusiasm which I'm like, okay, this okay. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I guess we're ending on a positive note. But she talks about discipline and having enthusiasm for the craft that you're doing. It says, it must take so much discipline to be an artist. We are often told by well-meaning people who are not artists, but wish they were. And so she goes on to say, in the short run, discipline may work, but it will only work for a while. And so she goes on about this idea of how it's perceived that being an artist is just like a military discipline and how you have to work so hard and do all of these things. And she said that idea that it's so strict is really dangerous because it's hard to hold that with creativity. It's not something you can force yourself to do. And so she says over extended period of time, being an artist requires enthusiasm more than discipline. Enthusiasm is not an emotional state. It is a spiritual commitment, a loving surrender to our creative process, a loving recognition of all the creativity around us. And I want to stop there because I think it's really interesting to think of enthusiasm as an act, not as an emotional state. And I want to hear your, if you got that same kind of awe moment from it. Yeah, I did highlight that that sentence and 
kind of was taken aback a little bit because I always thought that enthusiasm was an emotional state that you have to be in order to feel desire to want to create. But when she said that, it is a spiritual commitment, a loving surrender to our creative process. It just made sense in a very weird way because I'm trying to dismantle what I used to believe enthusiasm mm -hmm. was. But it makes sense, though. Enthusiasm is that love for what it is that you're doing and allowing you to just experience what it is instead of having to follow something strict to feel like you're enthused about i don't it just <laughs> is one of those things where i was like huh that's interesting yeah and i think she actually has a good example for that she says enthusiasm is grounded in play and not work and so she says what other people may view as discipline is actually a play date that we make with our artist child i'll meet you at 6 a.m and we'll goof around with that script painting sculpture our artist child can be enticed to work by treating work as play. And reading that, I was like, that sounds so much more inviting, so much like more motivating, honestly, to look at it that way. Oh, at 6 a.m., we're going to do this thing. And it makes you want to be awake mm -hmm. for that, want to stick to it. And it's interesting how that shift, very simple to just shift it to, even though you're working, how can I think of it as play? Works for me anyway. Yeah. And uh, when she put it in those terms i feel like some of the videos that i create either i post online or i just post within the friend group that i have that stuff takes time it doesn't take 10 seconds and then it's done there's some thought process that goes into the t into that stuff but the idea that i'm creating these things because it's fun to create and i wake up early because i'm excited to to create a video and do my own twist on it or whatever is really fun for me it's not something where i'm setting my alarm at 6 a.m because i know i have a deadline to hit and i need to make sure that this is edited a certain way that isn't fun that's work whereas the other is it is fun because i'm doing it not uh, just for myself even though some people may see it, but it's fun for me to create. And it's a reminder to always put myself in that state if I want to enjoy what it is that I'm doing, because we know and we have heard multiple times of people who get too regiment into what it is that they're doing, and then they absolutely hate it over time. Yeah. And I'm glad that you can talk to your experience in that. And pointing that fact out is that when you start to think of it as work so often, it loses the value. That we right. have and i think that's what this chapter has taught me a lot is how do we continuously adjust our way of thinking about it and she says 60 sharpened pencils are fun paint is great gooey stuff like just minimizing the seriousness i think right. like you're it's still something that you're creating and spending time doing but to i think implement that in more areas of life of how do i make this more fun for me yeah and i wanted to ask you too throughout this program, especially pertaining to the artist date, have you felt enthusiastic to be on the date for whatever it is that you're doing? I think it depends on the week, but I have always tried to do things that I particularly feel interested in at the time, which is why I don't like to necessarily plan what I'm doing, but plan the time that I'll do it to try to play into that a little bit more. Because I don't know, just thinking ahead of time, what am I feeling inspired to do at the time, I can't predict. Right. 
So I think it just depends. But I would say more often than not, I try to be picking things that I'm enthusiastic about or interested about at the time. Yeah. At the very end of this chapter, she says, remember that art is process. The process is supposed to be fun. For our purposes, the journey is always the only arrival. Maybe in may be interpreted to mean that our creative work is actually our creativity itself at play in the field of time. At the heart of this play is a mystery of joy. And for me, that was the really the cherry on top of all of this is to remember and realize that what it is that you're trying to do or learn or get good at, just enjoy the process, have fun with it. Because as soon as you lose that, then you lose everything. And I want to make sure that whatever it is that I do, whether it's learning guitar or being a better photographer or whatever it may be, that it's all rooted in fun because that's what sparked my interest in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that once we, yeah, what I like that you said it like that because it's, you do get sparked out of the fun and then you get the thing and then it becomes very serious and not fun because you're learning and it's frustrating and <laughs> all right. the things. And so I think you saying that, reminds yourself to how do I keep this fun while I'm in that process of being a beginner? Yeah. Yeah. With that, we get to the next chapter where she talks about creative U-turns. Julia says recovering from artist block, like recovering from any major illness or injury requires a commitment to health. At some point we must make an active choice to relinquish the joys and privileges accorded to the emotional invalid. A productive artist is quite often a happy person this can be very threatening as a self-concept to those who are used to getting their needs met by being unhappy. And this chapter was really interesting to me because having to commit to the idea of making that creative U-turn within yourself, I feel like there's a lot of things that have to either happen or you have to realize in order to get to that point. She says we get more sympathy as crippled artists than as functional ones. Those of us addicted to sympathy in the place of creativity can become can become increasingly threatened as we become increasingly functional. Many recovering artists become so threatened that they make U-turns and sabotage themselves, which is totally true for, at least from my experience as well, that the struggle is the thing that gets highlighted the most, not what has been created. And definitely is not a mindset that you want to stay with or stick with because that can be damaging for you, especially when you have those wins. And as me being a very, uh, sometimes, unfortunately, a humble person, whenever you are praised for the things that you're doing, you revert inside of yourself. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not or, or what, and rather would hear, oh man, this video that I'm trying to create is taking such a long time and I'm trying to live within that sympathy. It's just very interesting. Yeah, when I first read this, I was a little bit confused how to perceive it. But she says that we usually do this U-turn, if you will, on the wake of our first creative victory. And the U-turn, so if you think about a U-turn, you are going towards a place and then there's a point at the top and that's the block. And then instead of confronting the block, you're returning back to where you started. And instead, she talks about how you have to confront the block to continue moving forward. And so she says that... The point is we have traveled light years from where we were when we were blocked. We are now on the road and the road is scary. And so she gives a bunch of examples that I think help those listening to conceptualize what these blocks look like. It says a screenwriter has an agent interested in repping a script with just a few changes. He doesn't make the changes. 
an actress producer with a solid script is offered a studio deal to further develop her project. She finds fault with the deal and then shelves the project entirely. A painter is invited into a group show, his first, but picks a fight with the gallery owner. So it's interesting because it's like a you're almost there moment. And one thing that can be combated, if you will, causes you to give up entirely. And it's interesting because she goes on to that we first need sympathy and that we are shamed by this because first we are afraid and second we are upset by our reaction to what happened and i feel like this is an interesting concept because i've gone through this many times in my life and to have a name for it creative u-turn right yeah <laughs> it's cool that she, she designates it that way because i think that those examples play to the idea of what i was talking about last week of if it was meant for me it'd be easier but that's not true and I don't know, I, a couple more things I highlighted. She says, a successful creative career is always built on successful failures. The trick is to survive them. And she says, first, we must admit that these U-turns exist and to think of our talent as a young and skittish horse that we are bringing along. The horse is very talented, but it is also young, nervous, and inexperienced. It will make mistakes, be frightened by obstacles it hasn't seen. It may even bolt, try to throw you off, feign lameness. Your job as the creative jockey is to keep your horse moving forward and to coax it into finishing the course. And so before we move on to what she says to combat that, I think it's really interesting to, because she has a list creative course, the creative U-turns this week. And for me, I think I've always just said, oh, they were not meant for me, move on kind of thing. And right. just accepted that defeat. And it feels more empowering this way almost and it also is oh now i have to acknowledge that like i played a part in that which i want to hear your thoughts about for me I, just like you there's been a lot of these types of situations that have come up in my life and majority of the time the examples that were provided were exactly the outcomes that ended up happening was somebody gives me constructive criticism or feedback or someone suggests a change of what it is that I'm doing and then I just end up falling apart and don't want to continue doing the thing that I thought that I wanted to do which is unfortunate because you never know what would happen if you were to just continue on that horse and realizing that aspect of things and understanding that no you have to acknowledge it you have to understand it but more importantly you have to push through it because you don't know what's going to show up at the end of that race, so to speak. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago, doors opening that you wouldn't normally walk through. And I think that everything that she has been putting forth in this chapter and the previous chapters are leading us to this more, to more of an idea, allowing ourselves to accept what it is that we want to do and where we want to go. And it's a very clever way of her trying to set us up for even more success than we thought that we were either allowed to have or saw for ourselves. So it's really interesting that she words it in the way that she does. And she also says, have compassion. Creative U-turns are also born from fear of success or fear of failure. It doesn't really matter which, the net result is the same. Yeah. We were talking about compassion earlier and having more of that within yourself going through this thing that is either new or you're still learning from and 
yeah, it, it's really cool for her to put it in those words. Yeah, and she follows that with a couple questions of just acknowledging what your quote-unquote horse needs. It says, who do I know has an agent? Then ask them how they got one. Who do I know who has done a successful rewrite? Ask them how to do one. Prepping us to think that like we can find the solutions to what's blocking us. We don't have to feel like, oh, it's over. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> there was a problem and never again. <laughs> Basically, the question of who can I ask for help about this U-turn? And then she says to start asking and the next kind of section here is called blasting through blocks. She guides us on acknowledging those things and working through them. She says, in order to work freely on a project, an artist must be at least functionally free of resentment, in parentheses, anger, and resistance, in parentheses, fear. So free of anger and fear, what do we mean by that? We mean that any buried Barriers must be aired before the work can proceed. The same holds true for any buried payoffs to not working, which I feel like this whole program, she's really tried to excavate, if you will, those things out of us. And so she says, beginning any new project, it's a good idea to ask your artist a few simple questions. These questions will help remove common bugaboos. <laughs> I've never heard that word before. <laughs> Standing between your artist and the work. These same questions asked when work grows difficult or bogs down usually act to clear the flow. If you want to read them, JR. Yeah. Number one, list any resentments, parentheses, anger you have in connection with this project. It does not matter how petty, picky, or irrational these resentments may appear to your adult self. To your artist child, they are real big deals, grudges. Some examples, I resent being the second artist asked, not the first. I am two of the good best. One. Yeah. I resent this editor. She just nitpicks. She never says anything nice. I resent doing work from this idiot. He never pays me on time, which is pretty aggressive, if I'm being honest. It's your child saying it. It's though. your child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's pretty, pretty upset. Number two. Ask your artist to list any and all fears about the projected piece of work and or anyone connected to it. Again, these fears can be as dumb as any two-year-olds. It does not matter that they are groundless to your adult's eye. What matters is that they are big, scary monsters to your artist. Some examples, I'm afraid the work will be rotten and I won't know it. I'm afraid the work will be good and they won't know it, which is something that is big for me because that's basically what I deal with all the time, anything that I, I try to create, whether it's for me personally or for work or whatever it may be, I'm always rooted into this idea that, oh, this is going to be trash, but what if it's really good? Are you prepared for that part too? I like the idea that she's saying, what if it's good and they don't know that? Almost like the idea of being proud of something and people not feeling the same way. Yeah. That's definitely something that I go through. A couple of other examples here. I'm afraid all my ideas are hackneyed and outdated. I'm afraid my ideas are ahead of their time. I'm afraid I'll starve. I'm afraid I'll never finish. I'm afraid I'll never start. I'm afraid I will be embarrassed. And the list goes on. It's really interesting reading all those because they're thoughts, but to excavate them in this way and look at the meaning that they have and that you can move past them, it makes it again, feel much normal, more normal. And oh, other people go through that too. So maybe I am a real artist. Like it's not just me thinking these things. Right. Yeah. And the fact that she has prepped us to be comfortable with doing an exercise like this, instead of this being the like second or third week, if 
she did that in the second or third week, I'd feel very confused and uncomfortable to be able to write <laughs> these out. Whereas now it's, yeah, it can be pretty aggressive to, to write things out in this way, but it's necessary and you understand why that is. Yeah, it's really cool. And she has a couple more here. She says, ask yourself if that's all. Have you left out any itsy fear? Have you suppressed any stupid anger? Get it on the page. But she does that quite often where she's like, okay, what else? Like you're mm -hmm. hiding something. And I feel like her simply asking that gets you to say what you're not <laughs> right, saying. Yeah. She says, ask yourself what you stand to gain by not doing this piece of work. Some examples, if I don't write this piece, no one can hate it. And that's a big one for me is that if I just don't do it, then I never can receive the criticism. So it's, we're uh -huh, fine. <laughs> one step ahead here. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm fine. laughs> Number five, she says, make your deal. The deal is, okay, creative force, you take care of the quality, I'll take care of the quantity, sign your deal and post it. A warning, this is a very powerful exercise, it can do fatal damage to a creative block, which I'm excited to use. I haven't obviously had to yet because I'm still holding myself back. Sure. But she says when you're beginning, use this if almost like to get over that writer's block, quote unquote, or oh, yeah. whatever's causing you to feel like you just can't move forward. I think this is a good way to make it clear to yourself why. Yeah. And, and pretty much to sum up the entire week for this chapter is just realizing that, again, having more compassion for yourself, understand that laziness is not what that is, and you need to call it what it is and be able to identify and acknowledge the fears that you're going through. And all of that to culminate into a better artist within yourself, but also the child artist within too. And I think that these are, again, the foundational building blocks of where it is that you're trying to go to become a greater creative. And I appreciate the fact that we're able to do this together and that Julia has outlined such great information and tasks for us to follow in order for that to become a reality. Yeah. And that is the last chapter of week nine before the task for the week. And there's only four tasks this week, which is really shocking to me. Julia, what are <laughs> I you was doing? like, oh, that's it. I think the, I think all of them have good meaning. So I guess we both can just talk about one that had stuck out to us. Sure. Mine will be number three. It's called priorities. It says list for yourself, your creative goals for the year. List your creative goals for the month. List for yourself your creative goals for the week. Sounds really simple, but to write it out that way, again, made it seem like a lot easier. Instead of being like, okay, what can I, what do I want to accomplish in a year and break it down in steps like that? I feel like it's similar with New Year's resolutions where you're like, I want to, or even just goals in general where you're like, okay, in the next year I want to do this. Right. And you give yourself the full year to do it. And so you're always like, I have more time to start. And you never think about the steps <laughs> that right, kind of go yeah. into it. And so I thought this was really cool because I was able to lay out where I want to begin and breaking them down into those categories. Yeah, I feel like that's something that I could do continuously. Okay, this week, we've hit that month mark. Did I meet the month? Okay, now what for the next month? Just makes it more attainable. Yeah, and very simple stuff but i enjoyed doing that what one do you want to talk about i also did that one just fyi and i thought the same <laughs> thing but i also did number one actually oh, uh, cool. read your morning pages so julia asks this process is best undertaken with two colored markers one to highlight insights and another to highlight actions needed do not judge your pages or yourself this is very important yes they will be boring 
Yes, they will be painful. Consider them a map. Take them as information, not an indictment. It was really interesting to go back through some of the morning pages that I wrote. And the results of that is that I feel like the insights and actions were somewhat split with actions being a bit more than the insights. I think there was a lot of moments there in my morning pages where I'm telling myself that what that I need to do, the things I need to get done and the things like, that are oh. going to help me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said, oh, sh- maybe I should put that in a month, maybe a week. I'm just trying to organize it. So obviously that's something that I noticed that I repeat things a lot as well, as far as the actions go. There are a couple that I've said multiple times. So that's th- good. it was a reminder to me personally of maybe getting that down on paper, maybe doing an exercise where it's year, month, week, and actually try to obtain those goals that I'm trying to set for myself instead of me constantly just saying it out loud and actually doing it. So yeah, it was a really fun exercise. I highly recommend doing that one. Yeah, I'm happy that you pointed this out and that you did it because I also did it. And when she says, yes, they will be boring, I thought that very much. And I also was like, I can't read my handwriting. (laughs) So not only was it boring, I was like, what am I trying to say here? Because it's like, I'm half asleep writing these pages. Um, I don't even know what this word is. (laughs) Yeah, but it's interesting because for me, I had probably a good even amount of both. But I think my insights were more when I talked about my feelings about things, but I didn't necessarily have an action attached to it, just a... I'm feeling this way and that gave me insight of things that I would need to do Mm -hmm. or just taking account of of where I was at. And it's cool though to read back. I was at like week two I was looking at and I was like, wow, so much has happened since then and writing down since in this way. I forgot that's what I was doing at the time. It's really cool. And it, it, I'm like, wow, we've been doing this for a long time. (laughs) 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 Probably the longest thing we've ever done on the conversation if if we're being honest with one another. Yeah, Yeah, so... It was definitely interesting to see that and excited to to actually get those actions done finally. Yeah. And of course, there are two other tasks this week. And if you do want to check them out, we definitely recommend searching the Artist Way Free PDF going to week nine. But we also, of course, recommend doing the program. Oh, 100%. 100%. Brings us to the end of the week, really. Yeah. We're at end of week nine. I'm in shock. We have three weeks left. Week 10, we are in double digits. Wow. Um, and next week says recovering a sense of self-protection. So it'll be very, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see where it takes us. And as always, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what recovering a sense of compassion means to you. Also, of course, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home.